0: Prophecies foretell the establishment of a world government, world religion, and a global numbering system in the end time. It's found in Revelation 13. This is Satan's effort to establish his physical kingdom on the earth. And we will analyze recent events driving people into the world religious system on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I just want to give you guys kind of a heads up right here at the beginning. I'm broadcasting live from the General Conference booth in Indianapolis, Indiana. We've been doing these for years. Irvin Baxter did them. Um, And so we had to skip last year because of the COVID situation, and then this year we're back up here in Indianapolis, Had some technical difficulties early part of the week. Had to do a few replays. Everybody's like, why are these guys doing so many replays? And uh, But that's why we've had like almost a perfect storm. We had a a board that we're having problems with back in Dallas, and we're off-site, so that kind of complicates everything. But anyway, it looks like we're back up and running, and we thank the Lord for that and our great IT team that's got us going here. So thank you to all you guys here on-site and back in Dallas. But with anyway, let's get into the program here. So, world religion. I I did a program, I uh, wrote an article years ago in into the into the, uh, the um, end time magazine that was a do's and don'ts. Things you absolutely have to be a part of in the end time, uh, according to the Bible, and then things you absolutely cannot be a part of. You can't and. Obviously, you can't be a part of the world government. You can't pledge allegiance to that, uh, thereby worshiping it. That's something you absolutely cannot do. You cannot support that. Number two, the world religious system. There is a world religion being established as we speak, folks, and you cannot be a part of that. You don't want to be a part of interfaithism. We don't want anything to do with that. As a true Christian, a true believer in Jesus Christ, you cannot get involved in interfaithism because you're going to have to to be able to coexist in that world. You're going to have to say that there might be more than one way for people to be saved. And according to Scripture, there's only one way. There's not even two ways. And so it's very important that you understand the interfaithism Ecumenism is leading people into the world, end time, world religious system. We cannot be a part of that as true believers of Jesus Christ and true Christians. Now, years ago, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, interviewed a gentleman, and I've talked about this before, but I want to say it again because it leads right into my program perfectly. Years ago, my father-in-law interviewed a gentleman named Robert Mueller. He was the former assistant secretary general at the United Nations. And they were talking about, you know, just the, uh, the politics of the world, what's going on. And Robert Mueller made this statement to my father-in-law. He said, Irvin, we have brought the world together as far as we can politically. Because he knew that the goal was a world government. That, that's, that's the goal of all of these globalist, liberal, internationalist world government, world government. So he said, hey, we brought the world together as far as we can. We've got this uh, the the world government as far as we can politically. He said, but to bring about a true world government, he was not trying to hide what they were doing. He said, but to bring about a true world government, the world must be brought together spiritually. We need a united nations of religions. And so there have been many efforts towards that. You've got the parliament of world's religions. You've got the um, United Religions Initiative out in San Francisco with Bishop Schwing and many other things, all these interfaith movements. And we'll be talking about that a lot today. But this is something you cannot be a part of. I know of major religions, evangelical ministries here in the United States that are already moving into this, and they're, they're trying to sign documents of justification with this interfaith movement and things like that. That's something you cannot be a part of, folks. And you, they're going to try to coerce you to do that. But you cannot be a part of that because it's not based on biblical foundational principles. So, Robert Mueller, the Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations, he understood that the ultimate goal of internationalists around the globe is a totally implemented world governing system, an organization designed to supersede any national government and demand that all nations surrender their sovereignty. And submit to international laws and regulations. That's, this is a lot of what's going on down on our border uh, with the border crisis. They're trying to to create this um, a world without borders. You've heard many people talk about a borderless world. Well, a lot of this is them trying. Yeah, the, the United Nations has the Global Compact on Migration. A lot of different things where they're trying to do away with the borders and just move people around the world whenever they want to. So. He understood that he was trying to implement a, uh, a, a global organization that would supersede any national government and demand that all nations surrender their sovereignty and submit to international laws and regulations. That's world government. 2021, folks. Now, this was years ago when Robert Mueller was talking about this. But Mr. Mueller also knew that for this dream of world government to become a reality... He we was very specific. He said all religions must somehow ignore their differences, unify, and pledge their allegiance to the establishment of a global community. He told my father-in-law, he said, we've got to create like a united nations of religions. Because what happens is in the times of crises, religions around the world would look to their whoever they consider their deity. Christians would look to Jesus and say, hey, you know, uh, we've had a tornado. Let's ask Jesus to help us and to comfort people that have lost uh, property and, and, you know, uh, loved ones or whatever. They would turn to their deity in times of a crisis. But these individuals that are trying to create a world government. They want people to turn to the world government. Not because the United Nations is totally a humanitarian organization. So they want people to turn to the world government and not to their own deities. The, the, China is a perfect example. They're going into churches right now and taking down crosses and pictures of Jesus in Christian churches. And they're putting up pictures of Mao Zedong and the late, lead, uh, the late leader Mao Zedong and the current uh, leader of China, um, Xi Jinping. Because they in times of crises, they want them looking to the government and not to their deity. And it's all an effort to establish a world religious system. So, Mr. Mueller, he realized when this happens and it's, it's going to happen very soon, he, they believe that there would be the creation of a world-governing body. Well, this is going to happen. Prophecy foretold that this would happen. In a 2,000-year-old prophecy, we're watching it come to pass right now. I'm going to get off into this very deep today on the program, and you need to know about it because it's something that you absolutely cannot participate in In the end time. And we want to keep you abreast of the situation. Major internet companies
1: are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored. A platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
2: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with a magazine, then went on radio and TV. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: So 2,000 years ago, John prophesied a world religion would be established. I mean, think about that global. The Antichrist is going to be a global political leader, but he's he he's going to know, and they already know it. That we've got to get the religions on board with this, so everybody on the world will look to not an another deity. The Antichrist is actually going to claim to be God before it's all over with. So he's going to be he's going to want people to worship him, to pledge allegiance to him. That's something you absolutely cannot do. Eternal damnation is the consequence of that, you understand, because to worship or pledge allegiance to him will be to reject the real Christ, and you can't do that. That's of eternal consequence. So when this world religion is established, and according to the Bible, it will be in the very near future, those who choose not to conform will be considered heretics. You're going to be considered a religious extremist. We've already heard that term being thrown around. And some people will possibly even pay for it with their lives. Revelation 13 prophesies that just this kind of world-governing system will be established, ruled by the Antichrist. And the same chapter foretells the world religion system that will be established. We're going to be talking about that a lot. And then the also Revelation 13 um, is the global economic system that will be used to enforce the edicts of the Antichrist and cause the entire world to pledge allegiance to his global author- authoritarian system. Revelation 13 is like God saying, "Okay, I'm going to expose Satan's effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth." Period. He's not going to leave the church blind as to what the Antichrist, the false prophet, are doing in the end time. We, we're going to know exactly what they're doing: the establishment of world government, establishment of world religion, the precursors to the mark of the beast. We're watching it happen right now, and so. We, in many ways, we're already functioning under the tentacles of an ever-encroaching global governing system. H- you've heard of the, uh, the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization, International Monetary Fund, um, the, the United Nations. I mean, the World Court, World Bank. It just goes on and on. These are the tentacles of world government that are trying to surround all of us, United States citizens, citizens around the world, and try it's like a big cobweb, and they're just sucking us up into it. Thankfully, I do not put my hope and faith and trust in government, in any kind of a world government, even in my United States government. My hope and faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. Always has been, always will be. If I was talking to some pastor friends of mine last night, if my hope and faith and trust was in the government, I would be scared out of my mind, with the, especially with the current administration that's in there. But I'm not, my goal is to worship, pledge my allegiance to Jesus Christ my entire life. And you know what, I feel safe. You say, man, I'm living in America and I don't feel safe. I actually do feel safe, because I'm trusting in Jesus Christ. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it, and they are safe. The only place of safety is in Jesus Christ. So, we're seeing the establishment, world government, world religion, and precursors to the mark of the beast these are being established right now global numbering systems all this but just as obvious the establishment of this this monetary system that's being set up all the national id cards all the global numbering systems they're, they're, they the what about the establishment of the one world religion the the world government's kind of easy to see it's the United Nations and the tentacles that come off of that, and a global numbering system. You can feel them kind of wanting to to monitor your bank account, and I mean, it's it's just um, the, the the two global numbering systems: the United Nations ID twenty twenty, the World Bank ID forty. It's kind of, you, you you can look up news articles on it all the time. But what about the world religion? it 's kind of almost like a, this mirage that you can kind of see off in the distance um, and but it 's really happening folks so Earthbeat they come up with an article Pope Francis joins world faith leaders in urgent climate appeal ahead of cop twenty six cop twenty six the con- the um, council of pa- the conference of parties and it 's these big um, like uh, these earth movements, the the sustainable development goals, the, the 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 climate change, all this stuff, where they're getting everybody just scared out of their mind and saying, "Hey, we've got to you know do stuff, and we've got to just pledge all this money to help the save the climate and things like that," even though it's based off complete propaganda. And so, but. I want you to understand that they 've got the, they 're getting the religions of the world on board with these efforts to push world government. This is exactly what the Bible said would happen two thousand years ago. folks John prophesied so Earthbeat they write this article. Pope Francis joins world faith leaders in an urgent climate appeal ahead of cop twenty six what 's the leader of one of the most of the biggest world um, religions on the planet doing pushing efforts to stem Climate change. Well, they've made it into a religious situation. In response, it, the, the article says in response to the grave threat of climate change, heads of the world's major religions united at the Vatican, this was October 4, to issue an unprecedented joint appeal to government leaders at next month's United Nations Climate Summit. This would be uh, COP26. And they call for urgent, radical, responsible action to drastically curb greenhouse gases emissions and for the world's wealthiest countries to lead in healing the planet. What are they wanting them to do? Yeah, they want them to try to curb their carbon emissions and things like that, but it's all gonna boil down to wealth redistribution. That's um, because it all comes to socialism. That's what's behind it all. And wealth redistribution is one of the major planks of socialism. So they're asking all these countries around the world to suit, just pledge all these hundreds of, of billions of dollars. And climate change, the climate's been changing every day since God created the planet. We're not in control of the climate. God is. So these, there, there were nearly 40 religious figures at this meeting. Pope Francis, ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, Islamic, Jewish, Buddhist, Hindu leaders... And they, they pledge to increase the awareness of climate change within their. Because if you're a pastor or something like that, you're a religious leader, your people will pretty much follow you. And so they realize we've got to get these religious leaders on board. So that's what's going on here. And they say that this year's event, COP26, that's going to be in November, is viewed as the most consequential climate summit since the 2015 when the Sustainable Development Goals were uh, adopted by all the planets on the by all the uh, nations on the planet. So they say in the article to involve Catholics, the Vatican is creating the Laudato Si action platform. I'll get to the Laudato Si in a little bit, uh, but the Laudato C action platform, a seven-year roadmap to sustainable, uh, sustainability for all types of Catholic institutions, for their families, dioceses, um, the, and to hospitals and schools. So this is the influence. The, the world leaders, the world government leaders, they realize we've got to get the religions on board. So now look, the Catholics are involved and they're getting all of their institutions, their families, dioceses, hospitals, and schools on board. That's what the whole goal here. So climate negotiators have said that uh, Pope Francis, his encyclical Laudato Si, on care for our common home, along with the statements from other faith leaders and the bishop and the world bishops, had a positive influence on COP21, That's going to happen in Glasgow. Now, and they hope that it's a new religious, interreligious appeal. So the entire encyclical, folks, Laudato Si, was devoted to calling for a world government to manage the United Nations propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. Pope Francis, normally an encyclical is put out to bishops, archbishops, cardinals, of a message that the Pope wants to get out. This encyclical was put out to every person on the planet, okay? Because they're trying to get everybody on board with this climate change stuff because it's really pushing world government. In Laudato Si', Pope Francis actually said, we need to manage all of this. We need a true global political authority, a world government. That was the goal of the whole thing. So you can see what's coming up. When you hear next, next month about all this COP26 and everything that's going on, this big meeting in Glasgow, that is going to be all about pushing the United Nations Paris Climate Agreement, the Sustainable Development Goals, all of this ties in together, folks. The Sustainable Development Goals was the plan. The Paris Climate Agreement was the commitment. And that's why President Trump said, hey, this is all about wealth redistribution. We're out of here on the Paris Climate Agreement. Joe Biden comes in and says, hey, day one, we're going right back into it because it's all about world governing body. But they have to have their religions on board. So God revealed all that to us in Revelation chapter 13. Now, something else going on. World religion. Deutsche Welle, they they, um, published an article, House of One, this is in Berlin, and they've laid the cornerstones for a place up for religious understanding. So, in the heart of Berlin, there's a group of Christians, Jews, and Muslims that are getting to work building a home where all three religions can come together, these Abrahamic religions, to, and the goal is to overcome conflict and suspicion. They say if all goes according to plan, house of one will stand atop this, uh, this history within five years. It will be a home to a church, a synagogue, and a mosque. Now, there, there's no way. you, it, If you understand Scripture, you could coexist. I mean, yeah, I could be friends with you, but that does not mean that I would say, yes, your way, you can make it to heaven. So it will be a home here, the House of One in Berlin, to a church, a synagogue, and a mosque, Built around a central meeting space to serve as a symbol of coexistence, and then Vatican News reported that you've many of you have heard about the Abrahamic Family House in Abu Dhabi, to open in 2022. So I've saw I've saw a lot of um, articles and different things. It's going around the web right now. This, it's a cultural landmark in the United Arab Emirates which includes, uh, again, just like the the House of One in Berlin, a church, a mosque, and a synagogue. And it's meant to be a beacon of understanding and peaceful coexistence. And get this, though. It's inspired by the document on human fraternity. So they say that these three houses of worship recognize the work of the Grand Imam and Pope Francis and Moses Ben Maimon, who and and harnessing their teachings to forge a message of goodwill for future generations around the world. so that brings us to the document on human fraternity, which is why they have spent tens of millions of dollars on this Abrahamic family house. and the document on human fraternity they say for world peace and living together and it's the document on human fraternity signed by. Um, Pope Francis and the Grand Imam in early of 2019. They say, in spite of this document, the Abrahamic Family House Complex will welcome all visitors wishing to worship, learn, and engage in dialogue. In addition, it will offer a variety of daily programs and activities that will host international conferences and world summits to feature harmonious coexistence, there it is again, within communities and as a place of learning, dialogue, and worship, the Abrahamic Family House will be a cultural landmark and an inspiring global symbol that epitomizes the shared values and uh, harmonious coexistence and understanding among the three Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So, wow, what is going on in our world, folks? They're trying to establish, well, they're establishing, they're not, they're, they're, We're way down the the pike on this. We're really not at the very culmination, but we're getting there very quickly because they're trying it from many different angles. They're trying the Sustainable Development Goals and Paris Climate Agreement. They're trying this climate angle to get all the religions on board. And then they're trying this nice, awesome, wonderful, um, these houses of worship for Uh, a mosque, a synagogue, and a church, bringing them together where people can peacefully come and coexist these three religions. And uh, it's all this interfaith. And so they're trying it from many different angles. What are they trying to do? They're trying to create a world religious system. Remember what Robert Mueller told my father-in-law years ago. We've brought this world government together as much as we can politically but we've got to get the religions of the world on board. This is the plan being enacted. And so it's very important. Why, am I, why are we talking about it today? Number one, don't be a part of it. You, do, if you're, you say, well, my church has already pulled up into this. Well, it may, may be time to move on. Because you do not want to be a part of this interfaith system. This is the world religious system. It's going to be run by the false prophet before it's all over with, folks. You cannot be part of this. So you say, well, where's the world religion? Okay, so the Bible prophesies the establishment of this religious system in the end time. According to scripture, the leader of this deceitful organization, he's gonna be the false prophet. And we will know who he is, believe me. And he's gonna have really two objectives, okay? According to scripture, he's gonna unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Just tolerate all the religions. And we'll all, you see how these things are saying, hey, let's all just coexist. That's what they want. All the religions, you know, hey, don't say your way is right. Don't teach your way is right. Don't don't raise your kids a certain way because you might offend somebody down the street. And so they say for all of us to coexist, then we need to be able to, just to kind of just say, oh yeah, you can be saved. You're gonna, your way's valid. This way is valid. Your religion's the truth. My religion's the truth. Let's just all get along and love each other. Don't pay attention to the doctrines of the Bible, right? That's not scriptural. And we're going to talk more about it after the break. Thank you for joining me today.
3: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: The leader of this world religious system, the false prophet, the Bible calls him that. Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. He's going to have two objectives. Unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Just tolerate all the religions. Uh, Years ago, my father-in-law went to one of those Parliament of World Religions meetings. And... It was all about just... They invited Wiccans, which are witches. They invited everybody. People that believed in thousands of gods. Come one, come all. Be a part of this world religious system. They don't really care what you believe. They just all want to coexist. What's it all about? World government. Remember, that's the goal. World government. The Antichrist will want everybody to pledge allegiance to him. And you can't do it if all the religions are worshiping their own deity. So... Unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Number two, to use his position to influence all adherents to align with him, pledge to the prophesied end-time world government. Well, we see that with the Sustainable Development Goals, the Paris Climate Agreement, and all of these religions that are gathering together for this COP26 meeting, coercing people to the religions of the world to get on board with this climate change stuff. Then... We also see gathering all the religions under a belief system of tolerance with the Abrahamic house and this um, the house that's been built in Berlin, the House of one. So you can see they're coming at it from both directions because some people may not they say, well, some people may not get on board with this with this one, so we'll try this one." And so but both there's no, really no choice. you can't choose either one of them. And so there are recent events that I've went through, just a few, that confirm those of those who understand the prophecies and, and uh, have known these things for years, the world religion is in the latter stages of its formation, and the world's most recognized religious leader is now beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts of the United Nations, the seat of world government on the earth today. Now, you say, well, are you, you're saying the false prophets... Uh, they, the pope francis is the false prophet i'm not saying that i'm saying that from vatican II till now every pope has called for a world governing body they say it's within the social teachings of the church to support a world government and so if i have time on uh, the program today i'll get to some of that but who's the mastermind behind all of this you say man somebody's got to be running the show there is somebody running the show so Revelation 13 again provides really a like a a snapshot of Satan's plan to establish his kingdom in the earth in the end time. The, Revelation 13:1 through 8 it describes a one world government and the leader of that entity the antichrist. And uh, Revelation 13:2 says and the dragon gave him his seat power and great authority. The dragon who is the mastermind behind the current effort to govern the earth is Satan. In uh, Revelation 12, 9, it explains, and the and that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. The the, the devil, uh, the um, yeah, the dragon, that's not China, that's Satan. Revelation 13, 7 uh, tells us that it's going to be a world government. It says, and power given to him over all kindreds, peoples, tongues, and nations. The Bible says in Revelation 13, 2, all the world wondered after the beast. It's a world government. And then in uh, Revelation 13, 11 through 15, that describes the world religion and the leader of that entity, uh, the false prophet. Revelation 13, 16 through 18, the mark of the beast. So Satan's the driver behind all of this. He's the mastermind, overlooking everything. The efforts of the world religion um, to the, these major, the, the most recognizable religious leaders, bringing all the religions of the world together to support this world governing body. It's his effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth. He's not going to be successful, by the way, because God's going to come back and tear it all down. He's going to look like he's being successful. But in the end, the Bible says that the human governments will all be torn down. And the Bible says the the um, governments of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. That's at the seventh trumpet. So... Don't place your hope and faith and trust in government, folks. If you, I mean, like I said, I would be scared out of my mind right now if my hope was in the government. My hope and faith and trust is in Jesus Christ because I'm not looking for this old world to be my home. Eternity is what I'm looking for, and that's what you should be preparing for. Yes, we do have to occupy until he comes. We've got to work jobs. We've got to pay bills. We've got to pay taxes in this. But at the end of the day, I'm looking for an eternal home. That's what I'm looking for. And this government has no answers for that. Only Jesus Christ does. So, will I ever pledge allegiance to the Antichrist? Absolutely not. Never going to. If God will help me, never. My pledge, my hope, pledge of allegiance, worship is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, folks. And so that it, it kind of gets you thinking, doesn't it? Because we're right. It puts like a, a sense of urgency. We're in the end time. We're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Everybody, I'm teaching about it every day on the weekends. Writing about it, our whole team does here at End Time. So, Jesus prophesied concerning the end time that religious leaders would deceive many with their false teachings. Remember, uh, Jesus said in Matthew twenty four four through five. Jesus answered and said unto them, "When when they asked, so the Olivet discourse." It's uh, probably the most recognizable prophecy chapter in the Bible, really. The Olivet discourse that Jesus gave, the disciples set him down on the Mount of Olives and they said, Hey, Lord, tell us, what's gonna be the sign of your coming in of the end of the age? And the first words out of his mouth were Take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, even. They're gonna be they're gonna say they're Christians but they're gonna be deceiving many. Deception will be the method used by the false prophet to create this one more religious system. If you have a religious leader that say, hey, let's just be tolerant of all the religions, you're gonna have to move away from him because he's gonna lead you down a wrong path. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. It's only through Jesus Christ. So how are you going to coexist with all these other religions around the world and say, well, you know, there may be a way for them to get to heaven? Not according to the Bible. And so that's what we're going to stick by. You understand at the time of the great white throne of judgment, there will be a book. The Lamb's Book of Life is opened. I want my name has to be in that book. Number two, the Bible says that the books will be opened. What's the other book you think that that are opened? One of them is going to be the Bible. The Bible says we will be judged out of, the, out of his word. And so you've got to align yourself with the Bible. So when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life, no man comes to the Father but by me, that's what we're going with, folks. We're not going to be, there, there's no way you can twist it, turn it around, stand it on its head, and say, oh, well, hey, there's two ways to be saved. There's not. And myself, as a man of God, I'm bound to teach the absolute truth. And so there's only one way. There is only one way to make it to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ by being born again. The New Testament plan of salvation that he purchased on Calvary. Now, although this world religious system is mentioned in other scriptures, I, 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 you know, I, I think that we I just want to focus really on Revelation 13, 11 through 15. The Bible says, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And I might skip around here a little bit because I want to try to get through a lot of this. But the Bible says um, in Revelation 13, 1 through 8, that's the world government mark of the beast. Or I'm sorry, world government, the Antichrist. Then the Bible says, starting with verse 11, John said, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. So when you think of the lamb in the Bible, who do you think of? The lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So the Bible says that this individual, John saw, had two horns like a lamb, and he spake like the dragon, though. So this one's going to look like a religious individual, but he's going to have the deceptive message of Satan. That's going to be his message. And the Bible says he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and here's the goal of the world religious system. The Bible tells us what it is. It's exactly what's happening right now. And he causes the the earth and them which dwell therein to worship or to pledge allegiance to the antichrist of the world-governing body. This is exactly what's happening in the news as we speak. And the Bible says he does wonders, he makes fire come down from heaven, he's just deceiving people. And yes, the false prophet will have powers. They're, they don't come from God. He's, these are demonic powers that are working, just like the... Uh, magicians back in the time of Pharaoh and different things, where they, their their staves turned into their staves turned into um, serpents and things like that. So that that power didn't come from God; it's demonic spirits. They have power, and so the false prophet will have powers just like that. And he will. The Bible says he will cause most of the earth by the miracles that he was able to do to wonder after the beast. And then before it's all over with, the Bible says they will actually start to persecute people and put some to death. So from this set of scriptures we learn many, many things, and it's all it's, you can go through it. It's Revelation 11, or I'm sorry 13, 11 through 15 prophesies about the world religious system and the different things the false prophet will do, his ulterior motives, everything that's going on here. So it's really about world religion supporting. Remember, his efforts are to get the religions of the world, the people of the earth, to support the world governing body. And it's they're going to do. You say, well, when are they going to do this? If we were looking at a timeline, if I had a final seven-year timeline to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the antichrist will usurp authority of the world governing body three and a half years in for the final three and one-half years the false prophet will be over this religious system for the final three and one-half years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, although we have not entered into the time of persecution yet, efforts are being made to unite the religions of the world and to align those organizations with the propaganda of the world government. This is exactly what the meeting that was held the other day I think, I'm pretty sure it was at the Vatican, and they were um, getting all the religions of the world to, to, get, uh, to support the world government. How are they doing that? Because they're getting them on board with the climate change propaganda that's coming up, COP26. They're saying, hey, we need to get all of our uh, Catholic colleges and the diocese and all these different things to support this world religious system. This is exactly what's going on, folks. And so it's something that you do not want to be a part of any in the end time. Now, I want to get back in touch really quickly on this document for human fraternity because the, the big complex over in Abu Dhabi that's being built, the Abrahamic House, where they have a synagogue, a church, and a mosque, that all comes from the document that was signed by Pope Francis and the e- Imam Al-Ta'ib. That was back on February 4th, 2019. What they're doing is they're establishing Christian Muslim Brotherhood. Some people have called it Lam or Christlam. And so um, it, this all stems from Pope Francis and that grand imam's document that they signed, document on human fraternity for world peace and living together. Now, I'm going to go through some of this because I want you to understand a little bit of history behind it how we move off into what's going on today with this. Because a lot of people, I've seen it all over Facebook, people are blowing it up about this Abrahamic house that will be completed in 2022. So it's something we need to talk about. What's behind that? And how does it tie into these efforts towards a world religious system? We'll talk about it when we get back. I've
4: been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room.
0: So on February 4th, 2019, this grand imam, Al-Ta'ib, he considered the most important imam in Sunni Islam. And Pope Francis, who claims to be the head of the Christian world, he arrived in Abu Dhabi hand in hand. And in a symbol of interfaith brotherhood, Pope Francis and the grand imam signed a historic document. The document on human fraternity for world peace and living together. He said, well, yeah, that was in early... 2019, there's nothing really going on. This big complex that everybody's seeing all over Facebook, the Abrahamic house, the synagogue, the mosque, and the church, all of that stems from this document where they're trying to bring the religions of the world together to coexist. But here's the thing. There's a few key statements in the document that you need to understand. The document states, it is a document that invites all persons... Who have faith in God and faith in human fraternity to unite and work together? Not just Jews, Muslims, and Christians, but all people who have faith in God. Now, here's the. This is. I got. Let me throw this in here. A lot of people say God. Now, a lot of people say, uh, "God, help us with this." God, help us with that. Well, which God are they praying to? That's my question. Is it? Is it? Are they praying to Jesus? Are they praying to Buddha, Muhammad? Who are they praying to? To the thousands of gods that some religions believe in? I mean, why not call your God by his name? I, I don't understand that. Why, why, why is everybody afraid to say Jesus anymore? And you you can... It's becoming a... Um, Uh, a, a, a not politically correct name to say, you know? And so I pray, I'm praying to Jesus. And I'm not ashamed to say the name Jesus. Lord, I love you. I'm praying for a healing for somebody in Jesus' name. I pray for America in Jesus' name. The Bible says all you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus Christ. And so... A lot of people are moving away from that. So anyway, um, the text says it's a, it's a document that invites persons that have faith in God, whatever God they believe in, and faith in human fraternity to unite and work together so that it, it may serve as a guide for future generations to advance a cultural a culture of mutual respect in the awareness of great divine. Now, I respect everybody. But I don't, have to, I don't have to tell them, yes, I agree with your religion, and yes, I believe you could make it to heaven. I can't do that. And, you know, So people, some people would consider me a religious extremist because I can't just agree with what everybody, some other uh, doctrine they come up with. But a true Christian cannot do that. My goal is to go and teach and try to proselytize people and convert them. Because that's how they're going to be saved. And that's not popular in a lot of a lot of uh, circles nowadays. But if you're a true Christian, you understand the Great Commission. Go ye therefore teach, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and then teach them to observe everything that I've taught you. Matthew 28, 19, 20. So our goal, Jesus said, go and teach. We're, what are we teaching? We're teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, just like Jesus taught, just like the apostles taught. And so... But this, the, the, um, the meeting here of this, uh, the, the, uh, this, the document on human fraternity and world peace and living together, the meeting of the document is, is viewed by many as two religious leaders uniting their followers in a call for peace. However, for those who understand Bible prophecy, it is so much more than that. So really quickly, you understand, remember back on the um, at Vatican II, 60, 1962 to 65, there was a call to unite. So what happened was on the, on the flight back from the United Arab Emirates, when Pope Francis signed the document of fraternity with the imam, he said, hey, this is a step that for Catholics is rooted in the Second Vatican Council. The document was made in the spirit of Vatican II. What happened at Vatican II? The, the, the Catholic Church issued a document that called for in a new era of interfaith religions that it was a call, it's very much alive today. In essence, the church no longer saw itself in opposition to other faiths. The goal was to seek a common ground between the Catholic Church and other religions. And the the question is why? Because the goal isn't to bring other religions to salvation, because uh, the church is declaring that in the Catholic Catechism in 94, that the Muslims were already saved. It actually says, and I'm going to quote here, the church's relationship with the Muslims, the plan of salvation already includes those who acknowledge the creator in the first place amongst whom are the Muslims. These profess to hold the faith of Abraham, and together with us they adore the one merciful God, mankind's judge on the last day. Even though Muslims don't believe Jesus Christ died on the cross or that he was God. And so that's in the Catholic Church's Catholic Catechism, ninety-four, topic three, section eight forty-one. So the I want you to consider then. Then that brings us back to the document of human fraternity, which is what this Abraham House is all built upon. This this mindset. I want you to consider two statements from the document. Number one, the document said that the pluralism. And the diversity of religions are willed by God in his wisdom. The pluralism. So it says that, hey, it's God's will that there are more religions than one on the earth. Now, you and I both know, folks, that's diametrically opposed to the word of God. Because that would mean that God is saying that there are two or three or four or ten or 25 different ways to be saved. And that's simply not the case. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. And so it's not the fact that your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, let's just all get along. That's not the way the Bible works. The Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Bible says that you shall know the truth, and that truth will set you free. It doesn't say you you shall all have your own truth, and those truths will all set you free. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the Bible says the pluralism of diversity of religions are willed by God and his wisdom. That's not scriptural. Number two, therefore, the fact that people are forced to adhere to a certain religion or culture must be rejected. So the Bible Bible says to raise up a child in the way that it should go and it will not depart from it. So when the Bible says that, hey, raise up a child in the truth and they will not depart from it. This document that was signed by Pope Francis and this Imam, it says the fact that people are forced to adhere to a certain religion or culture must be rejected. I raise my kids in church to know the truth of the Bible. But this document says that I should, I, we should reject that in our culture that we should teach our kids, well, hey, you know what, uh, maybe this is the way to be saved, maybe you can look over here on, the, on behind this rock, and then you can go over here around the wall and look, look over here, maybe there's another truth. No, that's not scriptural, folks. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and the Bible teaches us who that one Lord is, what that one faith is, and what that one baptism is. There, there, there is this world religious system, Please do not get caught up in that. So, I mean, you know, this this all sounds nice, but there's an enormous problem with these statements. The coexistence and tolerance of more than one religion, that's diametrically opposed to the Bible. Jesus said, again, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Bible says, and one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. That's Ephesians 4 5 through 6. Paul also told the church in Galatia, but though we are an angel of heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. The apostles knew there's only one way, and we can only teach one way. That's uh, Galatians what? Galatians 1.8. So God only approves of one belief system, and that's recorded in the Bible. He never has nor will he ever condone the tolerance or coexistence of more than one religion, folks. Now, I know this isn't popular. I know it's not necessarily politically correct in all these uh you know, some of the circles today, but the fact of the matter is my goal is to get people to heaven. And so I can't I can't tell you that there are even two ways because there's not. I know when you hear these talk shows, you know, and all these different personalities and and lots of different people are saying, wow, there's many ways to God. No, there's not. There's one. And so it's very, very important. Not interfaithism. They would say that there are a plethora of ways. So as you can see, the meeting between the, the, the Pope and this imam and all these different things that are going on, it was just another step forward in the ongoing fulfillment of the prophesied end-time world religious system. And so what are they really pushing here? I mean, this is, the, this is what it all boils down to. At the end of the day, something you need to be aware of, and I've, I've talked about it many times, I'll talk about it many more times because these are not going to go away. You've heard many times where the that Pope Francis and a lot of these different religious leaders are getting together. And this is what the COP26 thing is all about. The Sustainable Development Goals, which is the United Nations socialistic blueprint to govern this planet, folks. Everybody, you and me, every, all of us, they have a socialistic blueprint for every single one of us. It's called the Sustainable Development Goals. It was the Millennium Development Goals. Now it's the Sustainable Development Goals. The Sustainable Development Goals are the plan they were they were adopted by 193 member nations of the United Nations back in 2015. The United States was signed onto it by the Obama administration. The Paris Climate Agreement was signed onto that. That was in uh, September of 2015. In December of 2015, the we they signed the Paris Climate Agreement. That was the financial commitments for. A lot of this propaganda, this human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change—it's all about—it's—it was uh, financial commitments, but it's all about wealth redistribution. That's what it all boils down to, folks. And so, this is what they're all pushing right now. This is what's going to be pushed—the—the—the the, the, uh, Paris Climate Agreement. That's what the COP26 is all about—is getting more people to give more money to this climate effort. And now, but we need to bring the religions on board, right? So now you've got Pope Francis and many of all these religions of the world that these major religious leaders that just met and on October 4th had this big meeting to push COP26 because they want to get the religions on board with it. And this is exactly what the Bible said would happen 2,000 years ago, Revelation chapter 13. It's all happening right now. Why am I telling you this? We're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're in the end time. I'm not waiting for the end time, the end times to begin. The end, we're way off in the end times, folks. Every weekend I'm going out teaching somewhere about this stuff and I'm going through a big timeline and I show people a lot of things that have happened and then I, when I get to the last slide and I show them the timeline, I'm like, now this is all that's left and it's not very much. And so we're way off into the end time and I wanted to bring this up today And uh, to show you what's going on, how close we are, to put a sense of urgency in you. Because, again, this whole world's not my home. I'm looking for an eternal home on the other side. And we want to prepare you guys, everybody out there, to meet Jesus Christ when he comes. When that trumpet sounds, I want my feet to leave the ground. And we've got to prepare ourselves for that right now. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for joining me today. We're broadcasting this has from been Indianapolis, Indiana. Age,
4: brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1 800 End Time. That's 1 800 363 8463, or
0: visit us online at endtime.com.